Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome to God is Gray, the podcast. Although I, as a Christian, believe that God resides in absolute truth, in black and white, we as people are stuck here on planet Earth contending with the gray. In church, gray areas often cause dissension, anger, and even hate. But on this platform, I welcome open dialogue, variety of opinion, and differing belief systems. God is Gray is meant to teach, inform, and simply trade stories with kindness, love, and mutual respect. If you have a story or perspective to share, please reach me, Brenda Marie Davies, at GodIsGrayXO at gmail.com. To support the cause and be a part of our community, donate to patreon.com slash gray. Now, on to the episode. Hi, beautiful people. This week I'm interviewing fellow YouTuber Cody Harmon. Cody is a transgender man who has documented a lot of his transition, the surgeries, the procedures, the emotions he's experienced very openly and honestly for his audience. You guys in the God is Great community know that I value the power of someone's story. Obviously, I know the issue of being transgender is huge in the Christian community. There are massive debates about it. There are a lot of misconceptions perceptions and confusion surrounding the issue. So in lieu of commenting on it by myself, on my own, I thought it'd be really important to have you guys listen to a conversation between me and someone that's actually walked that path. We bring up a lot of different facets, like how the T in LGBTQ is the only part of the acronym that is not talking about sexuality, but gender. We talk about the differences between sexuality, gender, gender roles, etc. Cody grew up in Christianity, and although he is not currently identified as a Christian person, we also talk about that experience, how it felt to be in the community of Christians as a transgender person. With our shared background in Christianity, we also try to break down the reasons why this is so triggering, complicated, and difficult for people within Christianity. So I truly hope you'll give this conversation a chance, especially if you have confusion or you are scared of this topic. Cody says it beautifully that fear is eradicated through education. I feel like I lost out on so much so many years of my life to fear still struggle with it i still feel it but the difference between then and now is that i don't let it paralyze me so i implore you to listen to this conversation with open ears this has nothing to do with convincing you of one thing or another it is presenting someone in the real world that has experienced this someone that you might not have the privilege of running into or having a conversation with on your own that is gray is about inviting diverse perspectives diverse people from diverse backgrounds so cody is just one person in the kaleidoscope 
kaleidoscope of the goddess Grey community and the kaleidoscope of God's beautiful creation. And for anyone really worried, we also address how to talk about being transgender with children. I know there is a lot of fear surrounding that subject that transgendered people are out to destroy children or are out to push gender or sexuality on children at a young age. From Cody's perspectives, these are voices of the extreme, and as you guys know, usually the most extreme voices tend to be the loudest, tend to get the most attention because they're attention-grabbing, they're radical, they're wild. So Cody is not out to shock you. He is out to tell his story, to share his experience, and I really hope you guys get a lot from this conversation. And that's it. Please like, subscribe, share with your friends, donate to my Patreon or Venmo if you can. I love you guys. God bless. Hi, beautiful people. This is Cody Harmon. I wanted to introduce you guys because he has a platform on YouTube. He reached out to me about a specific subject that I get emails about constantly, incessantly, actually, which is what is my perspective as a Christian on being transgender, all the issues around being transgender, whether or not it's a sin to be transgender. So I admittedly cannot speak to that, being a cisgender you know, chick, and I really wanted someone to be able to voice this in a way that I would not be capable of. And you guys know I love bringing varied experiences and different perspectives to you. I hate the fact that some people have come here and have already thumbs downed it just based on the subject matter. I am really praying my heart out that you guys will open your minds and hearts and actually listen to a conversation that might freak you out, that you might have been told is a scary subject or a sinful subject, etc. Just hear us out. I'm bringing you Cody. This is going to be a conversation. Um, he's going to dispel a lot of the misconceptions and fears we as Christians might have surrounding this subject, even people just in society as a whole, um, and speak for himself on this complicated subject. So, hello, Cody. <laughs> Will you tell um, my audience, God is Great Community, a little bit about your YouTube channel? Uh, yeah, so I started my YouTube channel almost five years ago now just to solely document my transition. So it was kind of just like for myself or anyone else. I know that um, it was just kind of helpful for me to see changes. Uh, and then I was just kind of like, well, whoever else wants to follow along on this journey, then cool. Um, and so I've just kind of been kept documenting everything. And, you know, that's how it started. <laughs> yeah, I love that. I mean, I think there's nothing more profound or important than telling our stories to each other and sharing experiences, especially ones that are so kind of new concepts to a lot of people in the world. We're around the same age. We're both in our 30s. How has it felt to grow up in a society where transgender people weren't really represented at all in media and films? Did you feel really lonely at first? Yeah, for sure. Like, I didn't even have the language for it, to be honest. Uh, like, I always knew there was something different about me, but I didn't know what exactly, which is why I didn't come out till I was, like, uh, about 26. 
so it took me a while and it took me a while to even know that like transitioning was possible because to me what was represented was things like Jerry Springer or just everything there is that is <laughs> is bad like the, all of the imagery that I had about being trans was bad um there was no like oh yeah like you could you're just another person you can transition you can just blend in with society and it's not that big of a deal like that was definitely non-existent to me uh, along with you know like um growing up you know very straight christian it's just like anything outside of <laughs> the norm is sinful basically just to get this all like out of the way in the lgbtq plus um acronym the t is the only one that refers to gender and not sexuality can you explain that distinction yeah um so yeah the t is specifically just your gender identity it's not any sort of it's not affiliated with a sexuality at all so you can be trans and also gay uh you could be trans and straight or bisexual or pansexual or anything like that sexuality is like your sexual preference gender is just something completely different what are some of the misconceptions you've heard just in society as a whole some of the more insensitive things or you know just things that have rubbed you the wrong way that you're like, that is not accurate at all, or that is hurtful. I think generally just people thinking that we, you know, like are spreading an agenda or like trying to go after um, children specifically. I think there's a lot of misconceptions or just not a lot of knowledge in how the process actually works or that it's kind of just this uh, disguise for pedophiles to go into bathrooms and you know, harm children, where it's just like, <laughs> um, the whole bathroom thing is just, it has been blown out of proportion in so many ways. And it's just a very, it's like a talking point for people just to be like, but this issue, um, but in reality, like, it's not really <laughs> an issue. Any uh, bathroom sign right now, like, it's not stopping anyone who's actually going in to harm someone. It's very easy to just go into the other bathroom like this before all of this um it, it, it's just something for people to use against trans people um but i think like it, people just don't have a lot of knowledge around it and they don't realize that we're just trying to like blend in uh we're just wanting to be a part of society and live our lives and that's that's about it <laughs> yeah i think one of the biggest misconceptions or like questions that i hear is you know <laughs> probably triggering to some trans people to hear but you've already expressed that you're very open to any questions and not every trans person or lgbtq person wants to do the work of educating everybody else on the subject but some people do want to stand in that space and help others catch up and grow and you are one of those people so with your permission i would ask well why couldn't you just stay a girl why can't you why why do you have to go through all of this pain and all the surgeries and what was the struggle inside you know can't you just take on feminine characteristics or can't you just be gay 
even <laughs> though I know they have nothing to do with each other, but those are the questions that a lot of people ask. For sure. Um, yeah, like, I get that question a lot. And it's like, man, if I could have stayed female, I totally would. It would have saved me a ton of trouble and surgery and money and all of that. Uh, I think when it comes down to, I don't think that people really understand the effect or, you know, like gender dysphoria uh, as a medical uh, condition, you know, like it's not about, I think people mix up gender expression a lot versus gender identity. So it's like just because you say you're a girl and you don't like the color pink and you play baseball and you're just like a tomboy, it doesn't mean you're trans. Like for me, there's a disconnect when I look in the mirror. Um, like it's not about the clothes I'm wearing. It's not about my interests. It's just like a disconnect between my body, um, how, I feel on the inside to what I see in the mirror. Uh, so for me, like that was gender dysphoria and it was very much uh, like debilitating in a sense. Like I being out in social situations, like I'm a socially awkward person, but it was like 10 times worse when uh, before transition or just the depression of it, because like you, like I didn't have the language for it for so long. Um, but once you kind of figure it out, it's like a puzzle that you just finally you found the last piece of that puzzle. And then you're just like, oh, my gosh, I love what you said about this is not about um, gendered activities or gender stereotypes or liking pink or liking baseball or or about sexuality, liking men or women. It's about what you see in the mirror, in your physicality, your body. Yeah. So, you know, at what point did you realize even though you didn't have the language and without the language, how did that feel and how did you comprehend it in your own head? Um, without the language, it was, I, I felt like incredibly lost. I didn't know really what was going on with me. Um, like to be completely honest, I, I kind of basically like harbored uh, an eating disorder for the longest time, not really knowing why, because I wasn't like, oh, I really want to fit into this bikini. Like, it was just like, I don't like my body to look female. Uh, I didn't like any sort of curve or anything like that. I didn't have the language for that. I didn't know how to, like, figure out that's what, that's why I was, like, wanting to be so thin. Um until now like now it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter what I weigh I will still pass as male so that's completely resolved itself but like um after kind of putting the puzzle pieces together uh that's when it all started making sense it's kind of hard to explain exactly how it happens because it's almost like you just get this like it's like almost like flashbacks where everything starts to align and you just know from it's like your brain goes back to pre-puberty and like the times where you're kind of allowed to express yourself however you wanted and up until like, you know, <laughs> puberty happens and then you're a force to change by society and your body and nature and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like, I, I know I started going to, to therapy and figuring everything out and I didn't start any sort of um, medical transition for like a good two years because it's like I had to uh, talk it out figure it out um, just make sure that 
I was making the right choices. And I think people think that um, it's something that you just should just jump into. Uh, but that's definitely not the case. Uh, it's something that should be really explored before you kind of jump into things. But yeah. Yeah. So the puzzle pieces started coming into place through therapy. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think just you had a secular therapist. <laughs> but was this someone that was like educated on the subject? Did they offer you the language? Did they suggest, you know, like, how did it actually come up? Um, I started seeing a therapist. I wasn't, they weren't like gender specific. It wasn't like a, a transgender specialist or anything like that. It was just a therapist um, that I found. And I, I mean, thankfully they're very open and stuff like that. So I was able to like slowly start to talk to them because um, I think I originally like started going to them just for anxiety reasons and depression and just, you know, therapy. Um, but then I slowly opened up about that as well. And it took me forever to even just say the word transgender. I was just like, um, yeah, it took me a long time to be able to be like, yeah, I'm transgender. It was, it was just very strange. So it wasn't something that was like, given to me as language or pushed upon me it was very much so I came to that conclusion on my own and she was there to help me work through that so. yeah um do you have tidbits or education you could give us on what causes this is it something in the brain because I think that a lot of people will then ask like does this not go back to a childhood trauma of some sort? You know, were you not raised in around enough feminine figures or positive feminine figures? You know, that's the next question I think that comes up for people. For sure. Uh, I like, I honestly wish there was like concrete uh, scientific stuff, but right now, I mean, it depends like to me I like to think of it more as like a birth defect um people like to tell you oh it's you know your DNA you can't change your chromosomes like biology uh that sort of thing like oh you can't you know DNA doesn't lie and all this stuff but um it, DNA isn't infallible like there's so many things that can happen in the womb I tend to think that has something to do with hormone levels uh some sort of issue of like being exposed to more testosterone in the womb or something like that when in the case of me but um when it comes like female to male trans folks I don't know necessarily like male to female but I know that there has been some scientific studies about the brain of trans folks their brain tends to match those of the gender that they identify with uh, so there are some, like, scientific bases around those sorts of things. Of course, you know, like, there's the DNA that everyone likes to get stuck on. But there are other things that kind of point to, oh, yeah, this is actually a thing. <laughs> right. Well, if it was hormonal, why wouldn't you just pump your body full of estrogen to try <laughs> to fully embrace right. your assigned gender? Why go the other direction? Right. And I think, like... No matter, I mean, it was, it's more about hormonal thing and development. Like in the womb, there's like a few different like 
exposures are pre like when your brain develops, there's a few different hormones that are present that helps like develop. Um, so it's more so like in the development, not necessarily after and your hormone levels and stuff like that. Um, so it's kind of like what has been done is done. It's not something that can be like, um, reversed if that makes sense. Yeah. And this is stereotyping of the church and of Christians. And I do continually want to articulate that I know not all Christians are like this and not, not everyone is ignorant or even willfully ignorant, but you said something in the pre-interview, which is like science only seems to be relevant when it comes to gender. Yeah. There's no such thing as evolution. And, you know, they're always d down. Certain Christians are always down to like dispel all of these genuinely scientific things. And then all of a sudden they become experts on, you know, DNA and everything because they want to argue this issue. I can say from being Christian, from being raised Christian, I understand that a lot of the pushback, if not all of the pushback, is that God divinely made male and female and that you are supposed to come as God made you and embrace not only the body that you've been given that was like fearfully and wonderfully made by God, but you're also supposed to embrace the gender roles that, um, you know, have been implied were in the Bible and everything, which there's a lot of debate around that. But like, there's some point in history, um, even our recent history, like the 80s, where some like June Cleaver and Leave it to Beaver became like the Christian way to be a family. A man is fixing the car, the woman's fixing dinner. And Christians have been given this anxiety and this um, charge to fully embrace all of those things. So I think or imagine that the reason this is so triggering for Christians is because it's implying that transgender person is just fully fighting that and is completely rejecting their God-given role and their God-given body to be in this like rebellious state. And, and that if we as Christians embrace the fact that people are transgender or that is something that we're going to accept as a community in this society, that the fabric of society will begin falling apart because then all of a sudden, what do we tell our children? And I think that's a huge fear with Christians too. What are we going to tell our children, you know, and, and how are we going to lead them in the right direction towards Christ? But I don't know. It's all very confusing to me as far as why exactly this is a Christian hot button topic, because at the end of the day, you could conceivably, we haven't even talked about your sexuality at all once in this conversation. <laughs> could be in a heterosexual monogamous relationship for the rest of your life and you could go out and fix the car while your wife cooks dinner you could still live in that paradigm yeah you know so it's like what do we have a problem with the surgery itself the fact that you rebelled in some way you know like i don't really know what the answer is i don't know if you have any insight into why this is so hard for christians yeah, I think what's hard is that it implies that God has made a mistake um, and God doesn't make mistakes. So that is probably, I think, the biggest barrier for people to kind of get through. But at the same time, like, 
yeah, maybe God doesn't make mistakes, but um, sometimes nature does. Like there's mutations, there's sickness. And if you look at this as just another medical condition that is to be treated, that's, you know, pretty simply put, we wouldn't just not treat cancer if someone has cancer and like people are like, oh my gosh, you're comparing this to cancer. That's crazy. You should just die now. Um, But like to an extent, like I felt um, you know, miserable and depressed and invisible. And it's, I don't think that that would be God's intention. Um, you know, since pre-transition to now, the difference in how aligned my body, just like how much happier I am, how much easier I can navigate um, the world in my life, and how much I have more to offer other people, even like, it's night and day. It's like, of course, people can only see it in this way of you're changing your body. That's not what God would intend. But um, I just think that it's simply kind of looking at it in the wrong way. It's not something that is uh, cosmetic, as a lot of people like to view it. It's medical necessity when it comes down to this way. Like, I... Uh, like before transition had such a hard time with even like holding a job uh, just because it was like so intense. So if there is treatment for something like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you treat it? (laughs) Yeah. I know too, you're at risk of offending other fellow people in the trans community by just saying something like, you know, comparing it to cancer or other things that can go wrong in nature. It's just that, I do think there's something to be said for if we were to steer more towards understanding it as this is the way someone is born. This is something that can be addressed in a medical way. Yeah. Maybe it would just feel like less of a beast and less of a monster and and be more acceptable for what it is, which is like it is something that requires you know, medical attention and help and intervention in order to like you said, improve the quality of your life in really drastic ways. Right, right. And it's like, I don't mean to like, (laughs) cancer is kind of like a a bad comparison. Um, But I think like, if you want to compare it to something that, you know, say we compare it to like depression or something, if it was like a a genetic mutation that caused you to, um, like there was something that was slightly different, but there was a treatment for it. Um, of course, you would treat it. So it's kind yeah. of like, that's how this is. And to basically, it's something that is improving my quality of life. And that's kind of the goal of medicine. People will never understand how much it has improved my life. Something you said in our pre-interview is that education eradicates fear. Mm-hmm. And I think that is so beautifully said and so true. So... One of the hugest milestones to me, if not the main milestone, not only with Christians, but just in society as a whole and other religions, etc., is what are we telling our children? And as someone that is transgender, like, how do you address that? What do you think about, you know, how do we educate kids on it? And how do we help people understand that you are not out to destroy the fabric of society? You are not out to rush into a bathroom to do something terrible to a child. Like 
can you protect children as a transgender person and how would you do that? Yeah, I think, I think there's a bit of a, uh, since it is kind of so, I mean, it's not like a new thing, but like, it's really been in the media a lot lately, um, at least from what I've seen about pertaining to children and transition or education. I honestly think that we need to let children be children uh, for as many years <laughs> as they can. I don't feel like educating kids like super young uh, on the issue is something that is necessary. Um, I think that, you know, maybe the attempt when it comes to things like drag queen story hours or something is that they're trying to teach like tolerance and acceptance, but that really just starts in the home because children don't really learn uh, discrimination or intolerance uh, until they are taught that. And that usually starts in the home. Uh, So it's kind of like, that's where it really does have to be. Um, But I, you know, I think that when it, comes to education on trans topics like I just don't feel like it's necessarily something they need to know at such a young age and I don't think that it's like something that's confusing them necessarily but it's just like you know when I think of myself when I was younger I wasn't concerned with gender I was like you know luckily my parents let me chop off my hair and I looked like a boy and I just lived my life basically that way and I was a kid and Um, It wasn't up until puberty where things started getting hairy. So, um, Yeah, puberty is a great time to start addressing all of these questions because it's the first time in your life that it actually becomes relevant or should be relevant. Right. Um, I was talking to my partner. I'm sure a lot of you that are watching know that I'm pregnant and um, I'm having a boy. And I was talking to my partner because someone commented on my page and said they found it triggering that I announced that my child is a boy and that if I was a truly progressive Christian, I would allow my child to tell me whether he was a boy or a girl when he was ready to and tell that to me. And I was like, okay, I'm being as sensitive as I possibly can. But I had the same reaction that you're saying, which is like, And some Christians will just disagree with me outright on this, which is that if my child goes into a toy store and is like, I love this dollhouse. I want this dollhouse. I'm not going to be like, no, you're going to grow up and be gay. Like you can't have a dollhouse. Like I'm just going to buy him the dollhouse. And like, I don't want to tell him you have to wear blue. You have to play baseball. You have to do these things. I want him to develop completely as he may, and I don't want him to have to think about helping me assign him gender pronouns based upon his, you know, what he's feeling or whatever. And also, I feel like it's a bit um, gender stereotyping to even ask parents to do something like that. It's like, what if you say to a five-year-old, like, okay, well, you're a little girl, but I see you playing baseball and playing with G.I. Joe. So are you going to be a she or a he? It's like, it's irrelevant. Like, let them be children, like you said. And I don't know, maybe this is the most insensitive thing I've ever said, but I'm just like, I don't think kids should be inundated by sexuality or gender identity until the time comes or until 
they like allow children to bring up questions on their own. Mm-hmm. You know, if he comes to me and, and expresses that he has a certain feeling or he's concerned about something, I'm not going to hide it until he's an adolescent, but like, I'm not going to push these subjects on him prematurely. Right. It should be kids, like you said. Yeah, and I think like the best thing to do is just be someone that your kid feels comfortable asking questions um, and coming to you with things. And like, yeah, it's it's this sense of, it's actually, I feel like people push gender roles more by giving things different labels of like, oh, so my kid is is a boy that likes to play with dolls, likes to color pink, likes to dance. Like they must be um, transgender or, and it's just like, no, like they haven't said that. It's really not the case. Like just let your kid be a kid. Like anything that has to do with what your kid likes or dislikes, like if it's a doll or if it's baseball, like that is society's, you know, like gender roles, but they're allowed to like, do either thing what does it actually look like from your perspective in your family what was your transition transition like like i didn't transition until i was you know almost oh man i don't know 28 or something so like i started coming out but i didn't medically do anything um i think until i was like gosh i can't even i feel like it's been forever um and well, asked, like when you're cutting your hair short and everything did your parents ever say oh she's she must be a lesbian something like that like were they trying to figure you out at a younger age i don't think so i think like um i think my mom would get upset when people would perceive me as a boy that was like the only thing that like i would notice i would you know like be called like son all the time like people would uh reference me as being a boy and i played played a lot of sports growing up and so everyone just assumed i was just another boy it was before um things were uh like segregated by by your sex so it was just like i played on boys teams and stuff like that so i played baseball soccer um so people would just assume i was a boy my mom would get upset like she would correct them or just be like, oh, they're so stupid. They think that you're, you know, a boy. <laughs> I'm just like, well, <laughs> and like looking back, it's like, well, yeah, of course they thought I was a boy. I look like a boy. Yeah. Um, but like to this day, I don't understand like coming from such a like religious uh, background. I'm like, I, I don't know why they let me cut my hair. I'm glad they did. Um, it's actually kind of surprising, but, um, hey, cool. But they let me always play sports. It didn't matter. They let me just be a kid. And I think that is generally like the best thing that you can do. Um, I mean, it was different when I was actually like finally actually medically transitioning coming out. Um, that was still my own decision. And like, I don't know, kind of like, was this a surprise? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but at the time, you know, they didn't put a label on me. It was just kind of like, I was a tomboy, whatever. It was cute at the time. But that was it. Yeah. Was the actual transition difficult for your parents? Or did their religiousness come up in that at any point? 
Um, I think that was probably a bit tougher because I think when you transition, they are kind of, you know, mourning a daughter in, in my case. And part of me is kind of like, you never, you never really had that. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I know it's, it's a change and it's different than what you thought you had. Like you can go all this time and think, oh, I have a daughter and I mean like for you example you're like oh you know I have I'm having a boy like to have that um change for you in the future would probably not be the easiest thing to go through just because it's something that you yourself would have to kind of mourn and be like okay I need to let this go and I guess I don't have a son after all uh so that's something too like and I said this to you earlier is like just watching your child go through a a huge amount of surgeries and very intense surgeries, I think would be very difficult for a parent as well. For sure. Just the physicality of it and the, yeah, the pain that you're going to suffer physically. For sure. But I think ultimately um, my mom like saw a difference in me as far as my happiness goes. And so that was kind of the turning point and being like, oh, wow, like I can see the difference in you and how you're kind of like just like flourishing and you're yourself and you're more confident and all that stuff. So yeah. I think that's the part of it that people see and tend to like, um, you know, it opens their hearts to be like, okay, this actually is something that you need to do. <laughs> so I, my final questions are in the subject of Christianity and being a transgender person. Because you said something interesting to me in pre-interview as well, which is that you used to identify as Christian and you are not currently identified as Christian. And this is the thing that always breaks my heart because just like we put labels and identities on gender or many other things, we say a Christian is a heterosexual virgin or a monogamous heterosexual couple or an abstinent LGBT person. And that's not what I see Christianity as. I see Christianity as the one that's like standing up and fighting injustice and loving their neighbor to pieces and being kind to their family and cooking a meal that nourishes others, you know, like those are the defining characteristics that I believe Jesus brought into the world to reflect true Christianity. It was never about sexuality or gender. And people argue that because one time Jesus said, you know, he referenced marriage between a man and a woman, but he didn't say this is the only way to go. He was just talking about marriage. So I'm like, just because he didn't address the other side doesn't mean he had a problem with it. Like, we can't conclusively know because he did not speak on either of these issues. And yet our shared religion has morphed and perverted into an obsession with gender and sexuality. So, you know, I just want to address the fact that you said that it's too exhausting to identify as a Christian and then have to explain and jump through hoops and try to pull out Bible verses to justify yourself. It's like just less exhausting to be like, you know what? I'm just not. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to me about how that feels. Just have to be forced to be like, well, fine, then I'm not. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, I think when it, I mean, anything that I talked about, for example, like on my YouTube channel, if I say something that is not, you know, or I get Christians who are like, give me Bible verses or be like, oh, this is what God <laughs> says and uh, you need to change your ways, blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of like, it's easier to just say, actually, I don't believe in God. And then like all of their words have no weight in your life. And it's just kind of like you, not true, though. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's like it's easier to say I don't believe in God than it is to be like actually like this is how I feel. This is what you know my relationship with God is like. But it's like people don't put um, any sort of they just would rather they they think they're right. So rather than argue, you they can don't think. Like, know they're right <laughs> yeah they're smarter than us yes so it can be exhausting or even in the sense of like um i remember so i met with like a local pastor at one point because he put out a sermon that was called like the battle between the black and white and he was just like there's no gray it's just black and white <laughs> me yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and this is like pre your YouTube channel too. It was a while ago, but like he put out a whole series, and so I wrote an open letter to him, and I ended up meeting with him. And at some point, he was just like, "You know what? I'm okay with you. Like, um, I believe that you know being trans is a thing." And I was just like, "Okay." And I was like, "So, what would happen if I were to get?" like more involved with the church what if I wanted to go to like a men's retreat or I wanted to like be more a part of the church and he told me that I would have to prove that I love Jesus and I was thinking like is that something that everyone has to do like um, yeah. so how do you even do that <laughs> so I'm like I'm so tired of having to prove things that I would rather just be like yeah I don't I don't believe in God so none of your words <laughs> They don't matter. They don't hold any weight. So, And I have no judgment to you for that. Like, I, I get that. And I, I know a lot of people have done that and taken that route. Even if it's just a girl that's having sex with her boyfriend will take that route. Because it's just, like, it's easier. Yeah. And, and it's understandable. We shouldn't have to do this uphill battle. But you and I both have chosen to take these platforms, like, where you're addressing the difficult things of like showing people surgery and put yourself out there and also explain to exhaustive measures to people, you know, what it feels like or their misconceptions or whatever. For me, I resented the fact too much that people said I couldn't call myself a Christian because I was sexually active. That's really what it came down to. <clears throat> I'm like, <clears throat> chastity is not the one and only defining characteristic of a follower of Christ. Right. You can't tell me that. Um, but they'll say a non, an unrepentive person is not a follower of Christ. But it's like, no, I'm not going to allow you to take away the label that I choose, that I 100% believe in, which is that I love Jesus and I'm a Christian. I'm not going to let you take that away from me just because you are obsessed with sex. And, you know... So they're two different approaches, but that's why I am creating God is gray because that's my battle to be like, we're not going to stand down and say we are not who we are 
just because it makes you uncomfortable, just because it scares you, just because you're stuck in this like patriarchal, archaic way of seeing the Bible that was really formed in like the 1980s. So it's not even that re- like, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, you know, no judgment to you. I just wanted to point out to anyone that's made it this far but is not liking what we're saying, like, consider what you're doing. You're telling people that love Jesus that they're not welcome, that they're not allowed to love Jesus, they're not allowed to say they love Jesus because you are obsessed with the issue of gender. Is that fair? Is that the way Jesus would look at you? Yeah, and it's like, having to kind of like it's like they're making the choice for you or just having you like choose to be yourself or um you know abandon god and it's so it's just like why does that have to be the only choice i feel like if people people can have both um i mean there's a bazillion people out there that are totally disagree with that um but it shouldn't be that way. Like people shouldn't have to give up their faith or community um, to, you know, be who they are. That's just, yeah, silly. Yeah. I think the last thing I'd like to say is, you know, for any Christians that are experiencing these things that are falling under the label of LGBTQ and are struggling or feel alienated from your community or alienated from your faith, times are a change in whether or not people want it or not. Like I've been to affirming churches here in Los Angeles and it's beautiful. It's beautiful to see people in their fullness, just loving God unabashedly. So, and being who they are authentically, whatever that means to a person. Um, Cause we're a kaleidoscopic, beautiful creation. Of course, we're not all going to be the same. I keep like going back to, um, everything that I that I see in the media as far as like basically fear mongering and scare tactics when it comes to uh, trans individuals, but it's just like I really just want to emphasize that we are just. I mean, people have probably come across trans people without even noticing, um, and that's generally like we just are wanting to live our lives. Like we just want to blend in with society. Uh, we're not here to, like, take your children <laughs> and, like, have an agenda of any sorts. It's kind of like um, we just want to be accepted, like just any other human being. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you, Cody, for talking to us and being open to, I'm sure, exhausting questions <laughs> <laughs> that you've answered a million times. How can people find you if they'd like to follow you? Um, you can find me on my YouTube channel. Uh, Cody Talks is my YouTube channel. So if you have any like questions pertaining to like the transition process, anything trans related, I've documented basically everything on there. Um, you can find me Instagram, Mr. Coach Cody, and Twitter, Mr. Coach Cody as well. We love you guys. God, God bless. bless.